Hello, and welcome to another audio edition of Not Boring. Uh, today is a special one. On Thursdays, we have a guest author come in and write about a topic that I know the Not Boring audience will be interested in, but that this person knows a whole lot more about than I do. And so this week, we have Mark Geffen, and he wrote an essay on world connectors as a follow-up to a piece that I wrote uh, discussing world builders and shot callers. So without further ado, I'm going to read Mark's essay, World Connectors and the New Mainstream by Mark Geffen. Several weeks ago, I read a piece from Packy McCormick's great newsletter, Not Boring, uh, editor's note, I love this guy, in which he wrote, there are two ways to predict the future. You can call it or you can build it. He smartly outlined two archetypes of leadership and entrepreneurship, shot callers versus world builders. To paraphrase Packy, shot callers are brash and bold. They find a big market, guarantee that they're going to transform it, and try to spend their way into making that happen. World builders are visionary. They predict something non-obvious about the way that the world is moving before others see it, then create a wedge into the market and leverage it into a much larger opportunity, all while outlining their vision in public or for their team. Muhammad Ali was a shot caller. He announced he would knock you out, and then he did. Jeff Bezos is a world builder. He recognized the massive opportunity in e-commerce, started with books as the first best product to sell online, and then ruthlessly executed on his vision until he parlayed a bookstore into an empire of video streaming, grocery stores, cloud computing, and more. In his essay, Packy crowns the world builder as the better archetype, particularly in the context of consumer tech. I love the framework and it got me thinking, who would be on my world builder list? I started to jot down some names and added examples throughout the week as they popped in my head. When I scanned my list a couple of days later though, I realized that most of them didn't really fit the world builder profile, but represented some other persona. Idea and Packy. What do you think about the idea of world connectors? Write it, he said. Here we are. I'm introducing world connectors, not in opposition to shot callers or world builders, but as another archetype for consideration. World connectors are polymaths. Their initial edge is a unique talent or strain of intellect that attracts an audience, which they then leverage to spread into other interest communities. Their success is not a function of a strategic plan, but compounds over time with their capacity for cross-pollination and consistently great timing. So why should we care? Where the world builder accomplishes feats of ambition and engineering, the world connector is a master of authenticity and connection. They find a way to say and create what they want, preserve their independence while doing it, and prosper along the way. I believe that's important for the culture and society, important for business, important for our well-being. And it's important we see how all of those things are connected too. Okay, let's introduce a world connector. Our first example is John Mayer. Let me explain. Maybe you love his music, maybe you loathe it. Maybe he frustrates you because he's a guitar virtuoso who makes straightforward pop tunes. I know people with very strong Mayer emotions. This dude can be polarizing, but it's undeniable that he possesses a type of genius. Let's break it down. Mayer has millennial fans who grew up with him. He has Gen Z fans who love his music and his collaborations with emerging pop artists. And he's got their parents, late Gen X deadheads, who've totally embraced his unlikely role in Dead and Company. The guy who wrote Your Body is a Wonderland is now welcomed by the jam band Faithful as Jerry Garcia's successor. That, my friends, is reaching across the aisle. He collects vintage timepieces and is an authority among the watch-obsessed community. He's a stealth fashion influencer, suffusing personal style through all of his projects and appearances. He is both a connoisseur of classics and a notorious hype beast. As my friend Eugene Co noted, 
the web gets more interesting the further you follow each thread. Quote, even his fashion interest alone connects him to everything from Japanese forums to blockbuster movies. Mayer loves Acronym, a technical apparel brand inspired by functionality and martial arts, whose founder designs pieces for the Fast and the Furious franchise, as well as Death Stranding, one of the biggest video games of last year. Mayer's bros with Dave Chappelle and tours with him, performing hybrid concerts and comedy shows. And one of his best friends is Andy Cohen, the maestro of Bravo, which is extremely on brand as far as friendships go, given Mayer's lengthy history of tabloid exploits and celebrity drama. As he settles into his own brand of maturity, Mayer's most intriguing quality is ambiguity. He has one foot cemented in gossipy, plasticized mainstream culture, while another dances in and out of various niches, most notably the cult of the dead, whose dancing, dancing bear and steely skull are some of the strongest symbols of counterculture in American history. There are four generational cohorts who care about John Mayer. He's a kind of portal from Gen Z back to the 60s, a link from the acid tests to instant stories, Insta stories. All of this coalesces in his homespun variety show on Instagram called Current Mood. I think it's one of the most interesting new media projects of the last couple of years. There are a lot of Mayer data points here. Let's visualize it. So John Mayer, stats, World Connector nickname, quote, the celeb everyman. Network type, sparse clustering. Platform of choice, Instagram. And so if you're listening to this in the post attached to the audio post, I'll post the graphics. They're really cool. This one shows John Mayer at the center of a collection of clusters that includes watch collectors, comedy, celeb gossip, Instagram, young pop artist, mentor, and hype, hype, beef, hype beast fashion. So check out the post to see the graphics. I think they're worth your time. All right, so what makes a world connector? One, unwavering authenticity. They can't be anything other than themselves. No employer, brand partnership, or single venture could ever sustain their curiosity or potential. Their own identity is paramount. Two, social instincts. They understand that conversation sets the conditions for growth. It's not a matter of extroversion necessarily, but a need to express deep insights or discoveries and to receive information in return through a social feedback loop. Number three, Audience understanding. They have a knack for attracting and consolidating audiences across a wide range of demographics or, inter or interest profiles. And they respect the audience. They understand that, like them, their audience and the individuals that compose it are not one-dimensional nor naive. The same can't be said of many brands and media outlets. Four, zeitgeist synthesis. They connect the dots more quickly or in a more interesting way than the rest of us. They understand how the latest news or emergent trends link to their work and the cultural moment. Five, polymathism. They do numerous things incredibly well or have a deep knowledge of many subjects. They walk the walk. They can draw on a reservoir of skills or charms when a problem, opportunity, or cultural opening presents itself. In this way, they create their own luck. Now let's look at some other examples. Sam Harris. Here are Sam's stats, world connector, nickname, the mind guide, network type, vertical integration, platform of choice, podcasting. So here's another graphic with Sam Harris in the middle. He has his podcast, Making Sense. He's a part of the intellectual dark web. He's into non-politically correct politics, books, philosophy, neuroscience, meditation, and tech with his Waking Up app. And in the graphic, you'll see how all of those things are connected and flow together. So working from a background in neuroscience, 
Harris branches into various intellectual pursuits and commercial projects that all tie back to the theory of mind. He publishes books, talks at events, hosts a podcast, and created the Waking Up app. He's a member of the, quote, intellectual dark web, but speaks to a growing audience of 1.3 million Twitter followers right out in the open. In any venue, he can go into politics or spirituality or tech, and it all feels integrated and authentic. For a guy that seems to be, in many places, all at once, he's a master of non-duality. Must be all the meditation. Megan Rapineau, World Connector nickname. The most vocal and valuable player. Network type, gradual grower. Platform of choice, Instagram. So here's another incredible graphic with Megan at the center, professional sports, patriotism, political activism, LGBTQ leadership, entrepreneurship, women's sports fans, and men's sports fans, all connected through Megan Rapinoe. Rewind a few years. When you thought of women's soccer, you probably didn't think of politics. When you thought of the LGBTQ community, you probably didn't think sports. And when you thought of the women's national soccer team, you probably didn't think about the next generation of boys idolizing them. Megan Rapinoe makes you think again. With her amazing performances on the big stage, her primetime personality, and her activism and irreverence off the field, she's connected fans across genders and interest profiles. And her ambition and crossover of worlds now leads her into entrepreneurship. She's the co-founder of Re-Inc., a gender-neutral lifestyle brand. Action Bronson, World Connector nickname, the cultural savant. Network type, fractal flywheel. Platform of choice, streaming video on demand. So this one, this graphic, is a picture of Action Bronson at the center connected to all sorts of things. So he has lines tying into food culture, travel, tattoo culture, hip-hop, New York, sports fandom, and weed culture. This guy manages to be all over the map, but makes perfect sense while doing it. When you zoom out, his profile seems a bit scattered, but zoom in and you'll find the connections are pretty tight. You could spend a day with him, IRL, or watching Viceland, or on Instagram, flicking through vintage records, watching 1980s action flicks, talking early aughts Yankees, or debating the nuances of truffle species and natural wines. Each one of his interests feeds the next, and his audience flywheel picks up speed accordingly. World connectors are entrepreneurs of the intersection, and intersections are the new mainstream. Whereas world builders bend the world toward their vision through impeccable planning and execution, world connectors deftly navigate opportunities with a sort of finely tuned echolocation. They send out signals, detect where there's most residents, and apply their most compatible talent or knowledge to thrive in those spaces, at least for a while. Those spaces tend to be cultural intersections, where hippie meets hype beast, where Michelin star meets psychoactive plants, where mindfulness meets tech. Conscious or not, the world connector approach is basically a white space strategy. One, cultural intersections are less crowded. Find the pockets and overlaps between mass movements and you might just claim something ownable. Two, cultural intersections are more defensible. They require exceptional authenticity, personality, and versatility, a harsh atmosphere for most brands to thrive in. Plus, a career of intersection hopping gives you a better chance to outrun the AI. Three, cultural intersections are compounding bets. When they pay off and start to get crowded, whoever is directing the traffic benefits from numerous audiences colliding and multiplying. The mainstream as we know it is gone. That old mainstream, reliant on the mass media model, was killed by the internet. 
In the new mainstream, we invest much of our attention along the long tail and check back in with the masses when something compelling enough forms a new homepage for the culture. It's a combinatorial mainstream now, and it seems to shatter almost weekly, then reform with a new mix of components. Algorithms surface deep cuts or pop adjacent stuff that feels made just for us and only steers us back towards the consensus content when there are enough signals that a thing is reaching a critical mass of interest. A new version of mainstream media looks something like this. It's the Joe Rogan experience, K-pop, memes, uh, Tiger Joe, The Last Dance, Caroline Calloway, uh, Travis Scott in Fortnite. It's a, it's a mix of all these things, and you'll see this in the graphic. Or it might feel like this, the website Surf City. In this mainstream, we enjoy more freedom and fluidity in our consumption identities. Demographics don't dictate behaviors and tastes anywhere near as much as they used to. In the old model, saturation was achievable. With the right exposure and enough media spend, one can penetrate a very high percentage of the mainstream. Set a crude plan to reach American woman 25 to 44, and voila, you've probably got your money's worth, but the center could not hold. Now, any given piece of content, cultural event, or celebrity might register with multiple sub-communities but it's highly unlikely to capture a majority of public awareness. With mass media corroding and audience fragmentation on the rise, the world connector is a force for coherence. They save niche communities from becoming islands and show the rest of the world how certain stuff on the fringes is actually hyper-relevant to the now. While world builders and shot callers predict the future, world, world connectors consolidate the present. How? by reaching people directly and immediately. New media trends make this possible and scalable. First, premium social. Attention moving away from general public feeds, more focus on community building, incentives to create high quality or exclusive content. Second, direct to audience publishing and broadcasting, the rise of podcasting, newsletters, and live streaming. Third, the democratization of e-commerce. Stripe, Shopify, Gumroad, et al. Make it possible to sell direct to an audience with near zero friction. Fourth, diminishing trust in mainstream media. We don't want gatekeepers of information and content. We want decentralized expertise and entertainment. World connectors force us to rethink influence. World connectors don't necessarily set out to build. They set out to think, to create art, or to synthesize information, to infect others with ideas and feelings. They are highly generative and prolific, but their power is not a matter of top-down impact. They don't make things go viral at will. World connectors are experts at setting the conditions for organic virality. Studying world connectors can help shake us free from the lazy assumption that follower counts and impressions equal influence. We like these metrics because they are a shortcut, an abstraction from the living, breathing, sometimes very messy network that underlies any system where people are involved. But as the world connector shows us, we're glazing over a lot of sociological and mathematical meaning by being so obsessed with pure reach. A quick look at social network analysis and graph theory. Here, world connectors are unique, highly valuable nodes in a network. And here there's this beautiful bubble with all of these different networks connecting at the world connector. Earlier, we looked at the qualities that make a world connector. What's cool is that world connectedness is actually measurable through quantities like density and centrality. First, a world connector is super well connected. 
Density refers to the connections between participants. Density is defined as the number of connections a participant has divided by the total possible connections a participant could have. For example, if there are 20 people participating, each person could potentially connect to 19 other people. A density of 100%, 19 out of 19, is the greatest density in the system. Two, a world connector is highly interactive. Centrality focuses on the behavior of individual participants within a network. It measures the extent to which an individual interacts with other individuals in the network. The more an individual connects to others in a network, the greater their centrality in the network. Consider high density and centrality combined with unwavering authenticity and advanced zeitgeist synthesis, and you can start to sense how much magnetism and leverage a world connector has. Literal thinking might lead you to apply a world connector concept to influencer strategy but I find it more interesting to use world connector thinking as a mental model to help solve problems around growth, scaling, and branding. How can you transpose world connector qualities from a person to the brand you're building? When you boil it all down, what are world connectors really good at? Closing the chasm. In the new combinatorial mainstream, someone's gotta help us connect the dots and fast. Huge thanks to Packy for featuring this piece. I hope it was on brand, not boring. And thank you to Paige Gaffin, Eugene Co., and Adam Sewitz for helping to sharpen some of the thinking here. Honorable mention, other potential world connectors who came up while brainstorming in no particular order. Joe Rogan, Oprah Winfrey, Dax Shepard, Chrissy Teigen, Donald Glover, Dev Hines, Lena Waithe, Howard Cern, Aquafina, AOC, and Spike Lee. So if you're listening, we'd love you to go to the main post and add your world connectors in the comments, any thoughts that you have, any names, any people that you think are world connectors. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you're interested, I think that Mark and I uh, will do a follow-up conversation on the piece. I think there's so much to explore here. It overlaps not just with the world builders and shot callers piece. It interacts with the essay that I just wrote on Senius and the one that I wrote on Joe Rogan and how individuals and aggregators are taking over media. There's just so much to explore here. So we might have a conversation and, uh, and record it. But thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you like this and you're not subscribed, subscribe at notboring.substack.com. And we'll see you on Monday.